And uh, with me on uh, Mind Matters Free Clinic is Dr. Joel Lowe, clinical psychologist from the Mind Psychological Services and Training. Good morning, Dr. Joel. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, it's our delight, really. And uh, we were talking earlier about uh, elderly folk who reside in nursing homes. And yep. uh, sometimes you do tend to wonder um, what they could be facing mm. mentally and psychologically, especially when they live with other elderly residents. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Right. I think when you, you get to the later stages of life, like that's the last phase of life, right? Just before um, the, the end comes, I suppose, right? I think you go through a lot of issues. Like, I think you uh, you worry a lot about your legacy, mm-hmm. like what you leave behind and, and the kind of uh, memory like, that you left in uh, the mind of others, like, I think. And that's something that happens across the board, right? No matter where you are, whether you're at home or with your family or in a nursing home. But I think in the nursing homes, it's more amplified, right? Because typically at most nursing homes, it's quite slow and, and quite relaxed and all that. Mm-hmm. And I think those, that those idle times that, you know, like the saying goes, right? The, uh, an idle mind is the devil's uh, playground, right? And I think you have a lot more thoughts, right? You think about it a lot, lot, lot more, right? And I think when you're there with other peers as well, especially peers who are not and, uh, at the same level as you are. So some right. people might further on along mm-hmm. there might be a reminder of what could happen what might happen to yeah. you right? and it's just kind of you know it gets a bit freaky sometimes I reckon right yes. and depressing too I it imagine can be, it can be yeah. yeah and what happens when you don't get regular visits mm. from family and friends how, how will this affect them I think it just makes things a bit more uh, makes things worse like I reckon because when you have family members coming in it kind of reminds you that you know hey I'm still here we're still family you're still part of us and we're together like, right? mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day uh, as humans we are very um we're herd animals, obviously. We like being in crowds and in groups and things like that. And it gives us safety, right? So what happens when you get uh, placed in a nursing center and you don't have your family coming back to remind you that, hey, you're still part of us? You, that sense of belonging, that mm-hmm. sense of loneliness, that just gets amplified like crazy, a crazy right. amount, right? And this case, I'm feeling very down in that sense. All right. Well, coming up, we plan uh, to run a campaign that will bring a bunch of kids to a nursing home. Um, we'll find out if Dr. Joel thinks this could be a good idea. That's next after Leona Lewis here on Light. It's a Mind Matters free clinic with Dr. Joel Lowe. Give us a call on 039543333 if you have a question, a psychological question for Dr. Joel. Now, I'm thinking of doing a social experiment that will bring a bunch of kids in touch with the elderly in a nursing home. Mm. How do you think this visit could affect the residents of the um, nursing home? I think it would be a brilliant idea. I think the kids, especially young kids, like four, five, six years old, right? I think they bring along with them this kind of youthful energy that has no bounds, right? And I think it's a really good compliment to, uh, in most old folks' homes, right? Because mm-hmm. they're a bit more on the slower, mellower side, right? I think it's a really good combination as well. And I think the the, the elderly folk, I think they'll appreciate the, the burst of energy like, that you see when the kids come running through and screaming and laughing their heads off. Right. Yeah. Okay, so what would your advice be, in fact, for family members who are currently residing in nursing homes. So, but uh, I think if you can visit as much as you can, right, mm-hmm. be in contact as much as you can. Even if, let's say, you live a bit far away or you're busy, give them a handphone, right? I think right. most elderly they're okay with a handphone, right? Easy, mm-hmm. easy enough to teach them. Get, get them on FaceTime, WhatsApp them, you know, things like that. So at least there's still that element of contact and association in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the best things you can do. A couple of years ago, I <laughs> showed my dad how to use <laughs> Facebook. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I can't get him off it now. <laughs> there so we go. He's there we connecting go. with everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think the same kind of like um, internet education you give to kids, you got to give to mm-hmm. the elderly as well, just mm. to make sure that they're safe and they do the right things yeah. and not nothing crazy, right? All right. Well, it is a uh, Mind Matters Free Clinic. So if you have a question, something maybe that is bothering you, weighing on your mind, uh, making you stressed out or depressed, well, Dr. Joel's your man. You can ask him anything. 03-954-3333. In fact, Effendi um, has sleeping issues and weird dreams. And he wants to ask Dr. Joel about that next here on Light. It's a Mind Matters free clinic with Dr. Joel Lowe. He's a clinical psychologist from The Mind. And uh, Fendi, what is your question? Okay, I'll ask two questions. One for myself, one for my wife. Okay. See, I, I always try to sleep early. People say sleeping early is good for good relaxation. But I try to sleep 10, 11 o'clock. And almost every night I end up 12 to 1 o'clock. It's the earliest I can sleep. Oh. I got things here and there to do. And then I wake up 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock and then. Sometimes even three. Okay. I try to sleep early, but couldn't make it. Somehow rather there is things to do, or my mind don't want to put me to sleep. Okay, well. Okay, second thing mm-hmm. is my wife. I, I don't know, she has this feeling. She will always keep on washing things at the middle of the night. You know, dishes. She somehow rather have things to do until one or two to three o'clock. What does she do? Uh, look at her phone or what? Looking at her phone is, uh, is another thing. Uh, after washing all the things, then she will look at the phone two to three o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then the mo- next morning, she will sleep after I go to work. She will sleep from seven to eleven, twelve. She have a good night's sleep early morning, and then night time she cannot sleep. She will end up two, three o'clock. Okay. It looks like a sleep hygiene issue. Isn't yeah, it? for both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right, so for, for question number one, Fanny, for you, right? Um, I think when usually when people can't, they go into bed and they can't sleep, usually what happens is that your mind is racing a million miles an hour. That's usually the culprit. La. And when you wake up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and then you can't go to sleep, again, that's the same thing. Your mind is just going non-stop. Uh, on top of that, I think what you should try and do is the relaxation strategies because I think you need something to calm your mind down before you go to sleep, right? So if you go on YouTube and uh, find something called deep breathing or, or, or diaphragmatic breathing, right? Um, there are lots of good videos that you can watch and basically it's a breathing technique and what this breathing technique will do is to help calm your body down, mm-hmm. right? Because usually sometimes when you go to sleep, you're a bit hyped up physically. And it also help calm your, your mind down as well because you're following the instructions, listening to what they're trying to say and then after that, it will allow you off to sleep. La. Right. What are the psychological effects of not kind of sleep, getting A, enough sleep and mm. B, not sleeping on time? Like, I mean, in yeah. the regular right. time period, you should be sleeping. Right. I think the first thing is frustration, right? So if you want to go to bed by 10 and you actually go to sleep by 1 o'clock, I think you'd be really frustrated, really angry and upset about the whole situation and you'd be worrying about the next day. Mm-hmm. And I think that sets you off for a very bad morning the next day. Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I got really bad sleep last night. You know, I'm just going to be a horrible day today. And I think this is, this is a bit bad cascade after that, like, right? Yeah. And on top of that, um, the usual suspects like, you know, can't, can't concentrate, you're not as sharp, not as creative. You know, those are the normal things that people go through when mm-hmm. you don't have sleep, like, definitely. All right. Well, coming up, Jenny has a question. Uh, she thinks her mother may have agoraphobia. We'll find out more next. Also, if you have a question for Dr. Joel, you can call us on 03-954-3333. We'll pick up your calls next here on Light. And on My Matters, it's a free clinic with Dr. Joel Lowe. And Jenny has a question. I want to know what are some of the signs for agoraphobic. My mom, I feel that she may have the symptoms. I, I, I'm not so sure, but, you know, I like a professional opinion. Mm-hmm. She's scared to go out of the house all of a sudden, you know. I, I mean, it's been building up slowly, like, you know, she won't go here, she won't go there. And we always thought that it's because of the location. But, you know, as of late, it's like she won't even go to the garden. She, she won't, you know, venture anything further than, you know, the window. 
And even then, she sometimes, you know, we catch her not wanting to even go near the sink, which is near the window. Right. So we are wondering, you know, can this strike at different ages? You know, do you have to be, you know, like really old or can you have it when you're younger? Is this going to be a family thing where, you know, later on in life, I'm going to have it too? Dr. Joel, what are your thoughts? It's it's great that Jenny is so in tune with her yeah, mother. Yeah? yeah, yeah, that's really good that they connected mm. that way, right? Um, I think agoraphobia typically is a fear that you have when you, you go out, right? And the reason why you're afraid is because you, you're afraid that there's no avenue for you to escape or leave the situation. So I think at the early stages, like what Jenny mentioned, when the mom didn't want to go out, I think that's very much more typical agoraphobia. But what you're describing, like her not wanting to go out into the garden or go and wash the dishes near the window, for example, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's escalating a little bit. I'm right. wondering whether it is still agoraphobia anymore. Um, Jenny mentioned at the end that it could be depression. That might be one of the issues. Um, and it could be a few other things. La. I think at this point, it might be a good idea to, to send your mom to get to see someone. I think uh, right. that's really important. Uh, because there are lots of... The, in my head right now, there's lots of different things that could be possible. Agoraphobia is one thing. Social anxiety is another. Uh, depression and, or, or mm-hmm. just general anxiety could be another thing mm-hmm. as well. So I think there's just a lot of things to, to consider. Right. So, how yeah. would she then, um, if her mom won't even go near the yep. front door, yep. uh, how would she coax her mom? out of the house that's to get a, to the doctor? That's a really good question. Yeah. Usually with the elderly, you know, there's a lot of uh, preparation, right? So letting them know, you know, I think there's something going on. I think that it's good for us to go see a doctor. Sometimes the elderly as well gets a bit antsy when you tell them you don't see a psychiatrist or a psychologist, mm-hmm. right? So maybe just telling them to see it. You're going to go see a doctor. That, that's going to be helpful. Mm. And preparing them, like letting them know that this is what's going to happen, what time you're going to go out and really get, setting the tone up really nice and simple for them. Mm. There are some psychiatrists that do house visits, but that's quite a rarity. So that might not be a good idea. Mm. Um, so I think the best bet would still be just to you know, explain to mom, tell her, guide her and tell her like, this is what's going to happen. Uh, are you okay with that? And then you bring her out in that All sense. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it it is a Mind Matters free clinic, so give us a call on 039543-3333 or send your questions on our DG Light line at 0165108888. CJ, who's 14, says he wishes his parents would hug him and tell him that they love him. He has more to ask you. Dr. Joel, next here on Light. It's a Mind Matters Free Clinic this week with Dr. Joel Lowe, clinical psychologist from the Mind Psychological Services and Training. CJ's written in on our DG Lightline. He says, I have a real difficult time talking to my parents. I'm 14 and my parents are the typical kind of serious Asian parents. It's always study, study, study. <laughs> I have problems relating to them and I wish they could see me as an individual and not a study robot. Right. I wish they would also hug me and tell me that they love me. Oh. My heart breaks for him. Yeah. I think this is a problem that most a lot of Asian kids go through. Like, I think Malaysia or otherwise. I think I don't know if it's an Asian illness or something. I don't know. Um, but I think what you're going through, CJ, I think it's something that a lot of people go through as well. Uh, and well into the people in the 20s and 30s. I think 40s. Oh, 40s, <laughs> right. You know, I, I'm not surprised if Asian, there are some Asian people who go through their entire life not mm. hearing those words from your parents. Or That's sad, isn't it? It is, it is. I hope it changes. I think it is changing. Um, and I think that's one thing you can look forward to, CJ. But in the meantime, time I think reach out to your parents as much as possible I think that's I know I know you can't relate to them it's hard to talk and at the age of 14 it's not the easiest age as well mm. I think right mm. and if you 
can't get what you want from your 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 parents because maybe because they're not used to it maybe because they never got it in the in the past as well right reach out to the other people around you like friends peers mentors i think there's a lot of other places where you can get the kind of support that you need yeah. now i'm not saying alienate your parents and all that it's not that but i think it, while you're working on your parents like try and find some uh, help and support from other places as well right i think that's what you need right now all yeah. right well that's great advice thank you so much dr joel no for problem. My your pleasure. thoughts this week thank you